at Arrowhead Stadium on a Thursday. <laughs> that is technically a Wednesday. Um, sorry for the delay. Technology, who knows what's going on with it. But we are happy that we are here live with you now. Um, like I said, it's Wednesday in Chiefs world uh, because the Chiefs are playing the Rams Monday night in Los Angeles, not Mexico City as was originally planned. Um, all that came down earlier this week. Things kind of progressed pretty quickly uh, once the players started to say through ESPN's Adam Schefter that they were considering not playing uh, in that game Monday night because of the field conditions. Things moved fast, and by Tuesday uh, mid-afternoon, the game was moved from Estadio Azteca to the LA Memorial Coliseum. So let's let's start there. Let's start a discussion this week there. Sam, what's what are your thoughts on this game being moved from it was supposed to be an international game, help the NFL's expansion efforts and international reach? What does this do? It's a really bad look for the league. Um, and <laughs> I mean, for, for a league that like is controls everything, like is, is paranoid, micromanages everything to get to whiff this badly on something as basic as a field that these guys are going to play on. And, and it would be a huge whiff if it was the, you know, the Bills and the Browns, right? Like, that doesn't matter. But that it's maybe the two, what, it's, it's the best two records, right, um, in football. It's got three potential MVP candidates. It's got stars on both sides of the field for both, both teams. Uh, to whiff this badly is, is pretty unexplainable. And, and look, like, the, um, the, the number one bad guy, I think, if you're going to, like, you know, pass out blame and what are we as media people if we're not here for passing out blame right it's actually all we do uh, we only blame people. i think number one is the the, the people in mexico city that, that overbooked and couldn't get their field right and all that stuff uh, i know the excuses about the rain and whatever but you know get your stuff together uh and number two is the nfl for letting it get to that point you know um but i'll tell you this if the nfl is going to move a game in a way that costs them money and makes them look bad, that field was atrocious. You know, that is an unplayable surface if I've ever heard of one. That if the NFL is like, yes, we will look incompetent and we will do something that costs us money, at least in the short term. I uh, doubt about the long term. I think they'll make it back. Um, you know, that, that means that that field is crap. On a personal note, I was kind of looking forward to Mexico City. Oh, it wasn't. You're, yeah. you're disappointed you're not going to be able to wear a sombrero? I am, yeah. <laughs> Will Marcus Peters still wear a sombrero entering the game Monday night? I'm trying to remember the context of why he it, did that. It, there was, as I so, recall, so, uh, he wore, ahead. when he was with the Chiefs, he wore a sombrero out. Leaving after, it, to me, it was a completely random game. Yeah. It almost had nothing to do with the game. Now, it, you know, I think we would have picked up on whether it was a, a Mexican holiday, um, but I don't it think it was that. Mayo. We do, that's the one thing I was going to say. Is I, I don't think it was Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. What, but, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. Um, hey, one, this, just a quick semi-serious thought. All right, what, what happens, how would this have played out? Would players have really not gone? Would players have really not played if they had insisted on staying in Mexico City? What, what would have happened? What do you think the end game would have been? Chad Henney and Damien Williams step right up. Well, I, <laughs> I think they would have played. I, I think, think they would have. I think it was I think a bluff. Right? I think, I think, I think it was, it was a, blinked, right? Yeah, it was a meaningful bluff in, yeah. in the way that, like, this is how serious we are about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, but they would have played. Like, NFL play, you know, that's what they did. Well, except for Reggie Ragland saying they play in a parking lot. Like, yeah. We yeah. could play in Azteca Stadium then. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's, although the, the video of that field, I think, is really concerning. Um, when they were showing the video of, of replacing the grass in the end zone, the sod that they were putting down was in these short little rolls. And I talked with George Toma, legendary um, groundskeeper, talked with him and talked with uh, the head of groundskeeping at Iowa State. And they both told me, you know, the, the thing that helps with, with the, um, the playing surface is that it's in really big rolls. And so you roll it out, and it's really heavy, and that kind of helps it stay in place. It's just the weight of it. Looking at these little itty-bitty rolls, there's more seams. It's more dangerous. It's going to you know, rip more. I don't really know how grass and sod works, but it's the opposite of what they said you want to make it kind of hold into place. So in that video, I mean, you jump up, just catch a touchdown. If you come down and 
sprain your ankle, break your ankle because you get caught in between the oh, seams yeah. of, of grass. Well, that's the deal, too. There may be somebody that tears their ACL or pops an Achilles or whatever on Monday night in L.A. Like, that's right. obviously possible. Right. But if that same injury would have happened in Mexico right. City, what if it's Todd Gurley or Tyreek Hill? Yeah. You know, like it How just, much would that have set the NFL's it. expansion efforts back? You can't do it. If, can't if do that it. happens in Mexico City, like, do, better for them to take it out now, have the black eye now, then go down there and play, have somebody get hurt, and then do you ever come back to Mexico City? 10, 15 Had years? That yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they'd still find a way, as you noted in your call there. 20 million people. I guess they find a way. It's called money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 20 million people. And yeah. if they legitimately think that, that there is, you know, not just the momentary or immediate um, payout, payoff of 20 million people, it, it, there's obviously the seed seeds being planted for the future, right? It, it, yeah. I, I, think the, I think the NFL thinks it'll have a franchise in Mexico City one day. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. They, uh, it may have to get its own dedicated stadium. I'm, I'm almost it, certain yeah. it will have, have its own dedicated turf with um, yeah. no yeah. Shakira concerts. Yeah, we'll have field yes. turf. But I was like, when I was talking to somebody from the league about, you know, after this happened, and you call somebody from the league yesterday afternoon, and and the numbers, and I didn't write them down. I've got them on tape, but um, the the number of people, like kids that are playing in, in a flag football tournament, was like something like ninety thousand kids or something like that played in a flag football tournament there. There's um, uh, he gave me a bunch of other numbers about like how much football is being consumed in Mexico City. They're, they're not going to go away from that place. Yeah. They're going to go back there more and more every year. There's going to be a game there next year, I assume. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're, that, that is a market that they are going to exploit. The, the Premier League, you've heard this number before. The Premier League, uh, 80% of their fans, and I don't know how exactly they measure this but uh, or, or, or count but 80% of their fans are outside of uh, England um, and uh, in, in the NFL 20% of the, they're 80-20 the other way 80% of the NFL fans are in America they want to expand that they want to keep that 80 but grow the 20 right to where right. it's you know 50-50 or even the other way around this is all about money they're going to get their money so alluding, alluding to fans I mean you know two other things that just stick out to me about this whole thing obviously the ones who really suffer in this are are the fans. I mean, it, it's it, uh, on so many levels, in so many ways, and yeah. it's so disappointing. And there's only so much we can say about that, I guess. But but the the, the essence of the game, really, I think, from a Chiefs standpoint, is unaffected. In yeah. fact, couldn't be more minimally affected. I think, right? I mean, they're they're basically just going west instead of south, and they. they None of their plans are disrupted. I think Andy was sincere when he was like, "Well, we we didn't have to change anything. We hadn't done anything yet." Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. flight's probably about the same distance. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, in the, in the air, is. it's about. Um, that's what all the players. Say. A little less obtrusive, or whatever the word would be, to you know, than going into a, another country. And yeah, you don't have to mean, worry about the altitude or the water. Or yeah, and but meanwhile, the oddity. I just think the sheer oddity of the Rams practicing in Colorado Springs for their <laughs> home game. I mean, I, I don't know that that weighs into the game in any way in particular, right. but it's just kind of strange. I talked with one of their, with uh, Lindsay Theory, ESPN's uh, LA Rams reporter, and she was telling me that this has been in the works for a long time, which is interesting because we just heard about it, and so it seemed like it kind of took all of us off guard and everybody like, oh, you're going to Colorado Springs, did you decide this last week? But apparently it had been in the works for a long time, they had already leased out the facilities and everything else, and they had already flown family members of, of Rams family, you know, employees, players, everybody, to Colorado Springs because of the fires. And they relocated trainers. I mean, you name it, everyone had already moved there. Um, and because of the fires, too, they were just like, well, we've already made this the plan. These guys are creatures of habit. They've already been planning for this to happen. To move them back would have caused more chaos. And with the fires, people are, are evacuated from their homes. They they can't, you know, they can't go about their habits, and safety's an issue too there with the air quality. So it just made more sense for them to stay in Colorado Springs, and now they'll be altitude adjusted for no reason. <laughs> well, that's the altitude thing. I still, uh, I mean, and maybe it's just because I'm, I remember reading something back when I lived in Salt Lake City that said that like it takes more than a week, or it takes at least a week to get any sort of benefit, and to, if you're trying to get the actual like to fully adjust to get the sort of um, 
physical output you would have gotten at sea level, it takes like almost two weeks. And now that was something I read, and I think it was a study that was from like 2002 or something like that. But so all these teams, because you know, again, when I was in Salt Lake City, you'd see whether it's basketball teams or football teams talk about adjusting to altitude. You come in for you know, a couple of days ahead of time, and that ain't doing nothing for you. Like, somebody had tweeted during the week, like, oh, well, why aren't the Chiefs at least going out there a couple of days earlier? Because that don't do nothing for you. A couple of days doesn't do anything. A full week, I'm not sure how much that does. It takes almost two weeks is what I've heard. Or, like, I remember that was a number that I think somebody told me when I moved out there, and then I've seen studies that say the same thing. So I don't know how much that one week really does for the Rams. I think it just now it's just more convenient because of the fires and everything to be there as opposed to being in LA. Yeah, oddly enough, they probably would not have picked up the whole operation if they weren't doing that in anticipation mm-hmm. of Mexico City, but maybe it just in the end it's the right and better thing for them right. anyway. You know, it, as far as the science of it, I mean, that, that makes sense to me what you're saying and you've certainly read up on it. it I do believe the Chiefs have access to the same research and they vice versa, have right? Internet, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> so they, they're, you know, they can get, they've got their own Twitter medical degrees and, and all that. But no, Who but seriously, I, I think each team had the exact same com- things to weigh. And for whatever reason, I think Andy, it probably it's an Andy call, right? I mean, in the end, um, yeah. he, Andy he prefers the path of least re- resistance, yeah. and, yeah. and um, as they did with London, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, you know, they were they were going to just stay the course and fly to London and go play. They yeah, flew out a day early or earlier. Did they fly out a day early? London. I think they did. I don't think they would have flown out like Saturday or whatever. I, I mean, that was. I, you know, I we, think we were doing other things. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I think I, you're I right, think but I think they early. did the 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 latest they could do. Yeah. And, and, and you know, probably was Friday. I mean, how routine. great does Andy Reid feel when when this game gets moved? He's like, ha. That's right. I didn't change yeah. anything, and look at us now. I like, like it, man. It was a dumb controversy before. <laughs> and now he's like, yeah. yeah. Well, check me out. Yeah. I'm just, I think it was back, maybe the Patriots game, where during the press box we were talking about it, and somebody mentioned like, no, Andy Reid keeps that schedule. No, like, what time they get into the city the day before stays the same, no matter whether it's West Coast, East Coast. Like when you arrive in that city, that. Yeah, everything timed out backwards from that, basically. Yeah. So we're going to arrive this time, the day before the game, in the city where we're playing, and then you just work everything off of that. And that doesn't yeah. matter if it's Mexico. It doesn't matter. If, now, and I don't know how much that would have changed with the London thing or because it's a longer flight and all that sort of thing. But that basically, Andy's like, this is the schedule. Get on that and get with that. That's it. I think it's 4 o'clock at the hotel. <laughs> and then everything is like back from there, which I think is a little weird. Isn't it like maybe this is just it's all dumb, right? But um, it's it's four o'clock at the hotel, no matter if they're playing a noon game in Cleveland or seven twenty, you know, eight twenty central mm-hmm. in, right. in Foxborough. That that's always seemed a little bit weird. Yeah, but whatever. Well, I guess you control like whatever a, constants you think you can. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's you know what? It's worked out pretty well this season. <laughs> so I guess yeah. like. Why Give him fix that. it if it's yeah. not broken? Well, I like that he, uh, you know, so obviously he's played in Los Angeles a couple times now with, with uh, the Chargers games. Mm-hmm. But I guess L.A. Coliseum's a little, I, I, I'm not sure why the question was asked more today about him going back to L.A. I was really um, curious about that. I was like, were we not just there earlier but this I, year? I think the thought is the Coliseum's more pure L.A. And Carson's not in L.A., right? So, I mean, that's where the tra- yeah. car- Chargers I, games they have been played. They played a preseason game in, at the Coliseum. Oh, they, they right? did, didn't they? That's um, right. That's right. Three, four years ago. Yeah, or something. yeah. Um, I, I guess I and I wouldn't expect Andy Reid to give a warm fuzzy answer. Anyway. No, but it, but it, but it's kind of funny. I mean, he 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 lowered his guard and called it the City of Angels. That was about as far as he went on. Uh, getting and then he made a joke it. about himself in the uniform. What did he say? He would probably wouldn't fit. Wouldn't fit no. You know that that uniform thing has been a bit of a sore point for Andy before because it, if you've ever seen the punt pass and kick uh, contest, it, it it's worth your time to Google Andy Reid and punt pass and kick. Andy is quite a bit taller and I, don't, I think mostly just taller than, than the competition. I mean, like a foot taller. Is he a little, 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 little he's bigger? He's bigger. Would you look okay. at this picture? There it is. Okay, but it doesn't look like a... Uh, a you, there's a child behind him. Uh, yeah. If we can see well, this, this is, on my screen. This is... They're different ages. See, there is... Yeah. Exactly. There are yes. different age categories. But, 
But Andy couldn't help being a tall lad, or, or, you know, stocky lad. How old was he at this point? I think he's like 12. <laughs> yeah, like that's, no, was he? I, really? it might be, well, 1971, how old's Andy now? 47 yeah, years later. Right? So, 47, but he's 60. I think he's 60. I think he's 60. I think it's 60. So he's 13. He was 13. Yeah. 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 So, but but Andy, I mean, Andy hasn't liked how that's been painted. Like that he's, you know. Yeah, because like there's probably a lot of parents. Because that was probably like a seven-year-old. Dumping the ball on the seven-year-old kid. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, they spelled his name wrong. They just spelled his name wrong in the. A whole lot of well, that parents. Was a long time ago. Don't worry, I'm going to watch this. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen it, it, it is fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, but Andy did well in that. Who's asked today about whether he ought to, uh, uh, you know, try to recreate that scene? And he, he suggested the uh, his Rams outfit wouldn't wouldn't fit. But look, it is kind of fun to think of. There he is. He's in a Rams uniform. He's a Dodgers fan. He he uh, grew up. You know, he could see the lights of Chavez Ravine. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, at the Dodgers Stadium. And um, so, but it, it just back to our original point here. It, none of it is at all in his head. Obviously, when he goes to take this team in, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're we're there, we, you know, we're going to get to our hotel at four o'clock. Yeah. And I mean, he genuinely that. like likes like I mean, oh, he yeah. has fond feelings, no of, doubt, of where he grew up. He still has a home uh, there in Southern California yeah. somewhere. Um, not, <laughs> I don't think he can see the lights of Chavez Ravine from there. He can see, yeah, the, he can see the, the sharks in the water from, uh, <laughs> in, in the ocean, or just like here, Sam. That's you right. can see it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think it's just a business trip. That guy, um, he's funny. He's really like he's genuinely like a funny, funny man and brilliant in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I, he gets into this mode, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter if they were playing like literally at his high school. Like, yeah. just be. <laughs> With, and, and I think his house was like didn't it back up to the high school or whatever. It was really close to the high school. He wouldn't give a tiny damn about that. It would be a business trip. I'll probably tweet that thing back out now that, that cause I went. I went to do sort of the the Andy Reid roots story when we were, I don't know, we were out in the West Coast for something in thirteen or fourteen, and um, it was fun. I it, it, the neighbor that lived across the street from him was still there, uh, delightful woman. He lived on a, a a street that went up a hill. They used to like, you know, roll things. <laughs> Down to see how how much momentum they gained. Andy was a mischievous kid, and and it, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Andy's Andy's father was a set designer for Disney. His mom was a, a actually a, a path uh, path breaking uh, radiologist as a woman early on. And so I'm sure I've enticed everyone now, and I'll I'll retweet that uh, that column again. But Andy's such an interesting guy. He is, and I think we see the name rank serial number thing so often, it's easy to forget that you know that's just a, a not a facade, but that that's just public face you yeah. know what dude I, I think about that all the time too about what you just said about his parents his dad was basically an artist and his mom was you know very very science and, and yes. he's got both parts of the of, yes. of that brain you know and I, I think that that comes out in his coaching in a lot of ways like 100% um, yeah he's got both of it I think that's your column uh, on the second week of the playoffs <laughs> or so I'm just gonna say it I'm just gonna keep saying it <laughs> we'll need to store up for January things yeah Man, jinx it, why don't you? There are no jinxes. Go ahead. 30,000 feet. Were you going to say it? If jinxes existed, flight attendants will not welcome you to the city when you're still in the air. Okay. All right. And on that note, let's look at some of the on-field storylines because uh, there are plenty. Let's start out with uh, Sam's favorite guy, Marcus Peters. He will be playing in this game, and uh, it should be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be emotionally charged. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> I think Sam's little giggle says it all. Uh, you, I wish you guys but, had been here to see Marcus, the whatever state of mind would overcome would overcome him at Oakland, and I believe that's what we'll see. Right when he would go home to Oakland, it was we just had the ISO cam on him the whole time, especially yeah. Sam. I mean, the, the first time he literally threw up on the sideline. Oh God. Yeah, he might do so that. So here's my question, though. So I, I didn't see any of those Oakland games, but does this kind of emotional Marcus Peters, is it a benefit or does it not help him to play it'll, it's, it'll do exactly both, <laughs> right? Yeah. So breaks right down the middle. I would bet on him getting an interception, and I would bet on him giving up a touchdown. I would, bet, I would him, bet on him getting a personal foul. I would bet on all three, and I've been on. And in this case, I bet on him really getting scorched on a touchdown, like yeah. biting on something mm -hmm. that they know he's going to bite on, and just whiffing. Yep. Who do you think they put him on? Do do they do something like put him on 
Tyreek Hill, a guy he's familiar with and has a history with, he's going to chirp at him? He's not fast enough for Tyreek. That's, that's Do you put thing. him on Sammy because he doesn't have a history with Sammy? Like, if you're the Rams, I feel like you'd want him on Sammy because there's not going to be the added extra layer of emotion there. Yeah. I, if uh, I'll tell you this, and this has nothing to do because he's been terrible this, this year. Uh, he has been awful this year. So this has nothing to do with that. Even if he was great this year, even if he was as good as he's been, had been with the Chiefs, if Tyreek Hill and him were ever on the same side of the field without a safety on the top, that ball is going there. And that, that's what that's going to happen. Because, you know, Marcus Peters, again, he's been terrible this year, but he's a very talented, you know, uh, productive in the past, all-pro type cornerback, but he's slow for the position. And if they can get that match up, whew, that's going to be – like, you know where the ball's going. I think what they might do – we're getting into the weeds a little bit, but if, if, he's on, if, if he's on Hill, back him up, get him – at least five, hopefully ten yards off the line of scrimmage and get a safety over the top so he can take away an underneath route or at least play that because you don't want him if he tries to turn his hips and run with Tyreek Hill, there's going to be 12 yards of separation. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town, just eight cents a day or $2.50 a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sports pass. So now question I have is because and obviously wasn't here for it but there was that whole there's the, the perception that sometimes he freelanced a little bit yeah um would he go for that the uh, he's going to play off of Tyreek Hill in this game when he's in that headspace uh-huh. of I'm like or I don't know <laughs> that's a really good question you know? I don't know here, um, here well do you face, like, well, that's, well, well the other thing I was going to say was just because like um the other thing I was going to say is just because we were in here earlier, Sean McVay did his conference call, and when Marcus Peters came up and the way he's played this year, he tried to sort of diffuse that, and he gave the old, well, you know, part of the reason that he looked so bad in that New Orleans game was that they had him doing, this because of the things they had him doing, and they asked him to do so much, which, and how that the numbers can make things look a way that's different from reality, I believe, was the way that he put it. Um, I'm not sure what reality that is. Was the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the film looks really bad. Yeah. The numbers in the film look really bad. Uh, well, the, yeah. the part of the question that relates to this, from my uh, angle on the on the whole thing, is what I would contend that that the Chiefs have a far greater advantage in understanding Marcus than Marcus has in anything he understands about the Chiefs. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think I think if anybody's going to have an advantage in the knowledge. It, it, it's probably right. How to deal with Marcus? Probably that's very that. true. Um, I, I do think that that Marcus um, is he's going to have some obviously familiarity with these guys, and and he's a really really smart football player anyway. Very instinctual, you know. Like he'll be well prepared and all those things. But um, you know, the, one of the problems with Marcus, like as a football player, is when he gets sort of overheated, and and you can take advantage of that, for lack of a better term. Um, and this is a, a point where, you know, even any cornerback going against this offense is, you know, at a disadvantage, right? Uh, Patrick Peterson is, is one of the best in the business, and he got burned a few times last week. Uh, so this isn't a you know, comment on that. But if he's also in this kind of headspace of, I'm going to try and, you know, I need to get my pick right now. Yeah, you know that's and look like he might he may get it. Like when they went to Oakland, they, they played the season open in Oakland this year, and you know. Oh God, that was a, beautiful. The first, I think yeah. this is true. The first pick six crotch grab. Uh, in, I in don't know history. who else would have done one first. Uh, so I mean, he's he's got. I don't want to know who else I'm not going to be surprised at all if he if he gets an interception. I and, will be surprised if he uh, doesn't get um, a personal foul. I'll be legitimately surprised if. He doesn't do something, and I'll be shocked if he doesn't give up one touchdown. You know, the, really. the thing so, that's interesting to me about the personal foul aspect of this is I think you're right. I really will be shocked if he doesn't get one, no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what else is going on. But I really do – I'm trying to picture the dynamics. Obviously, he's a great competitor, but the picture the dynamics of his relationships 
with these guys, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just, for argument's sake, I think this is fair to say. I, I mean, I think he was friendly with, with the guys on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, about the only guy that I can think of that he's competed against that he knew before was Marshawn Lynch, mm -hmm. who's like running to his side to prevent him from getting in a fight on the field. Yeah. I just wonder, will he have a certain fury at Chiefs players? I don't think the players. It's going to be... <laughs> looking up uh, at the stands? He might... Earl Thomas... Uh, uh, or, I mean, looking up in the... No, yeah. I, I think his the sky <laughs> with the Chiefs is more uh, some of the coaches and mm -hmm. some of the front office. I think a defensive coordinator? Yes, the defensive coordinator. Maybe a special and teams the, coordinator. Yes, and, and, and some of the... Um, uh, you know, the guys that decided he's got to go. Here's my question. What happens if Kareem Hunt is running right at him? <laughs> does he tackle him or does he make a business decision? I actually think in this game that he'll do both. But I think <laughs> in this game um, we will see some tackles from him. He, if you watch him when it matters, he will tackle. Uh, and, and he does like kind of the Seattle, what do they call it, the, the, what do they call it, hawk tackling? Um, you know what I'm trying to say. The, uh, the Pete Carroll. Whatever it is when you jump on a pile when he's already down. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, like, and you remember the playoff game last year? Um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. He was like the one guy playing super hard in yeah. the game on defense, and he was making tackles. On third downs, short of the sticks, he was making tackles. Um, he, he absolutely makes business decisions a lot. I was going to uh, say, um, you mentioned Seattle. Did you see? There wasn't a whole lot of tackling in that game against Seattle last week for for that defense. Sure was not. <laughs> uh, no, I did not see the game last. Oh. That was it. Was replaying in there this morning, uh, which was yeah. perfect. Well, yeah, yeah well, I, well, I looked some of it up on the Game Pass, but because yeah. like, I saw the number two hundred and seventy three rushing yards, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. And so I went back and looked at it. And, I mean, for all the big names on that defense, aside from Marcus Peters, like, it's weird. It's they, weird. It, the yeah. teams were off to the it races, is weird. which is and well, it looked like Aaron <laughs> Donald wanted to make a tackle after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah I thought that, that. I, we haven't seen any discipline come of that, have we? But I, I it would come that. out Saturday if yeah, it's probably I mean, maybe a fine, but I mean, it's not, not suspendable, yeah. right? But it is. But if I were running a league, I, that, that'd be the kind of thing I would think. You know yeah. what? I would be thinking about a suspension on that. Yeah, I, I, that's that's. Running out to create an altercation after the game, yeah, and physically confront somebody, that has no place to me. Yeah, it is bizarre though. Like, as much as we've talked deservedly so about you know the Chiefs' offense good, Chiefs' defense bad, uh, the Rams have a lot of really good players, and their defense has been pretty atrocious for a lot of the year. You know, what I mean, they have maybe the best defensive player in football, right? Like, if you were just Picking sides, like I think Aaron Donald would go, you know, first overall, right? Of just defensive players. <laughs> I know Tulee's been hurt, um, but I still don't completely understand. I mean, I have my theories about Peters and why he's been so terrible, but I don't understand why they haven't protected him more. You know, or stop the run. I mean, yes. so like I looked it up this week, Football Outsiders against the run. Now we all know what we th people have thought of Kansas City's rush defense. Thirty second in the league, Rams. 29th. Yeah, like, I don't get you know? it. In DVOA, they're, they're like, there's five, they're, it's like 20, 20th and 25th DVOA football outsiders. Away. Overall so, defense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then for that matter, New Orleans is 27th. Like, the teams with the best records. Like, uh -huh. So as much as people want to talk about the defenses, so, well, 20th will <laughs> later for all those teams. But yeah. So we're going to take the over in this game is what I'm hearing. It's the highest oh, yeah. over oh, yeah. in NFL history. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still going to take yeah. it. Still give me that over. It's what, oh, 64, yeah. I think? Uh, yeah. Well, looking at, like you were talking a little bit about the, the Chiefs defense, how much is Todd Gurley going to torch this defense <laughs> on Monday? How many yards is Todd Gurley going to end up with? Because I think, I don't know, 200? More than that? As a Todd Gurley fantasy owner. Yeah. Come on, Todd <laughs> Gurley. Uh, I, I think, like, uh, there's a lot of them, right? Like, you know, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, uh, James White. You know, there's a lot of backs who are good out of the backfield. But as far as, like, a total package, and Todd Gurley's a freak on his own. Um, he's great. But specifically to the Chiefs, he's their worst nightmare. Right? Like, I mean, he, he's elusive between the tackle. You know, like, he can kind of run through guys, over guys. Uh, he's great out of the backfield. I mean, he, he's probably the the worst single matchup that the Chiefs could imagine, I, I would think. I think that's why they're going to win, actually. Like, I, I think the Rams are going to win, and it's because Todd Gurley is so freaking good. Can the Chiefs do do 
contour this thing to stop him and then just suffer the consequences Maybe. of whatever else is going to beat him? Yeah, I remember, mean, is that what you do if you're the Chiefs? I don't know. You say we're not going to let him beat us? Maybe. But I don't know how, like, who, who, who's the guy you know, you know, like I, I guess what you might be able to do, right, is um, uh, you know, like defense is something like we're going to spy the quarterback. We're going to you know keep a spy, like spy. maybe spy the running back. Yeah. Maybe there's a way to do that. Maybe just put Dorian O'Daniel would be the first guy that comes to mind. Um, but I don't know if that's an answer in the run game. I don't like, think I don't it is. Yeah. Not, like yeah, you know, there's there, yeah. It's it's plus so you. There's no good yeah. Answer. It's not. And even if you say oh third, well on third down, but. Some of the big pass plays, and I, don't, uh, I had it written down at one point in time, but like, you know, for as much as everybody's like, Doriel Daniel, gonna get the backs out of the backfield, now he's playing on third down. Well, some of the touchdown passes, like the, the 49ers one, I think the Broncos one, one of the touchdowns against the Jaguars, those were early down ones. Those were not third down, we're gonna go to that. Yeah. Those were when you got base personnel. So mm-hmm. that doesn't fix that problem. So, I mean, yeah. unless you put Dorian out there for three downs and you say, okay, you're going to stop the yeah. run and you're taking the Raglan or Hitchens off of the, the guys that you have out there for that. Totally, yeah. And the other thing, like, I love, you know, Dorian O'Daniel. I think he's a good fit for the Chiefs and he can do some nice things. But, you know, we're not talking about, like, Cam Chancellor. Right? <laughs> 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 you know, like, this, keep that in perspective. Well, then, you know what I mean? This past week, just, you know, going, thinking about the, the film review thing that I did, like, Sorensen and O'Daniel, I think, uh, and some of these outside guys got beat on some of these. Out- and it was really, it, was, it wasn't so much them getting beat, but it was just a little pick pass. Pick like plays, that. Yeah. The pick plays that um, we saw from Arizona, like, if you don't think that's in the, the Rams playbook, then, I don't know, I mean, and we saw the same thing happen in uh, against Cleveland. Cleveland with Speaks getting picked off. Like, they're going to do that, and if, you're not, if you don't have that ironed out, how you're handling that, mm-hmm. those are going to be big plays. Yep. Yeah, because now it's a pick play to Todd Gurley. <laughs> exactly. Or exactly. And we saw it with Duke yeah, Johnson, yeah. and we saw it with David yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Now Todd all the Gurley. Johnsons. Yes, all the Johnsons yeah. have big days. Now Todd Gurley is just waiting. He is licking his chops. He is so happy. Uh, by the way, looking at a couple questions, we have Fedora Man, which... <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, man. I Okay. Um, which Fedora is that to me? Larry, if that's you, you should probably <laughs> scheming up how you're going to beat Western Carolina because I'd really like to finish the season not with just one win. Uh, anyway, Fedora Man wants to know, is this a day where the replacements on the interior line become more noticeable against Donald and Sa? Uh, could, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's yeah, the fear. Right. Yeah. I mean, it became kind of noticeable last week, right? I mean, I, although I do still think we have to look back. You guys have studied it, I think. But a couple of those are on Patrick. A couple of those sacks mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just that he got sacked. It was he got, he got a little harassed. Mm-hmm. He got um, drilled. And, and, you know, I mean, it, 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 and obviously it all starts there. So yeah. I think, as I think, Sam, you were pointing this out in our Sunday night Facebook Live. You know, the thing that's interesting is they, the Chiefs have been strongest and the most stable at the tackles offensively. And, you know, Donald's really more up the middle, yep. which is where the Chiefs are going to be more challenged because they're, they're down a couple guys. Yeah. At least on paper, it's strength against weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yep. Well, and then does Andy, which, I mean, I think people always assume that he gets away from the run, and that even when it's going well, he's quick to get away from it. But when you're giving up the type of yards they're giving up on the ground, yeah. is that the answer to sort of, yeah. you know, to limit some of those hits on Patrick is – you want to run it right at you, and you guys have shown that you'll give up. Well, else. that's right. And look, another aspect of this, maybe this is the first time this season we've encountered this. I mean, obviously you always want to hold the ball longer than the other team, right, if you can. But uh, is this a game where they, the Chiefs care more about clock than, than they might they might normally have? I mean, that it would be useful for them to – I mean, obviously they'll take the quick 96-yard yeah. TD. But – is it a game where the Chiefs want to have five-minute drives? It might be. I mean, it's the best offense – by far, right? Um, I mean, the Patriots, but this is a better off. I think the Rams have a better offense than the Patriots. This is the best offense by a significant margin, say it that way, yeah. that they've faced. It's the first time. I, I still think the Chiefs' offense on its own is better than the Rams, but whatever. I'm not going to argue that point with a lot of passion. Um, but it's the first time that, that, crap, you know, that other side, you know, they, yeah. they, they run it up and down. And look, the Patriots were doing it too, but, you know, the Patriots don't have this kind of, of star power. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they, they got the quarterback. Well, but they don't have, 
you know, and I, I Cooper Cup just got I, hurt. I was gonna say yeah, they got to take a hit without huge. Cup. Yeah, but they got they still have the best probably you know, the best running back in football, I would think. Uh, you know, Robert Woods is a stud. Brandon Cooks is ridiculous. You know, I mean, they 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 got some guys. They still got some guys that can that you know that can play. It's just it's it, one thing I'll say is that it is obvious as Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald against the interior of that line, and as obvious as. Uh, Todd Gurley against a team that hasn't been able to stop the run or passes to the running back. As obvious as those two mismatches appear, a lot of times in football, when you see obvious mismatches like that, they don't show up as much because they're schemed against. So mm-hmm. now it becomes right. So that's the adjustment already before kickoff. So right. now it becomes like how who adjusts to that adjustment. Right. Right. Adjusting yeah. to the adjustment. Yeah. Well said. I like it. Uh, Brian LeBerg says. We hear a lot about Marcus Peters facing the Chiefs, but not a lot about Sammy Watkins facing L.A. How big of a game is this for Sammy? I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I mean, uh, you got in with I guess him. I, should, I, say, I feel like I just room, asked right? this question for myself. <laughs> Do it. Um, I did. I talked to Sammy today. He, they brought him to the podium. And the, the thing that jumps out to me the most about what Sammy said is that his time with the Rams kind of prepared him for the Chiefs because in Buffalo he was the guy and he wanted to be the guy. And he was – a kind of a diva about it, about saying he wanted so many targets and you will target me this many times and I will be the focal point of this offense. Um, with the Rams, though, he was one part of this offense that has now evolved to where it is today that's even more explosive than it was last season. But that's where he kind of learned to be a role player and to be a piece in a bigger scheme. And he said that that prepared him to come to the Chiefs now where, you know, he's the third, fourth target. Um but still really good, and it makes the whole offense better. Um, I didn't get the sense that there's any animosity or he's really ramped up to go back to the Rams because it was his choice to leave. Right. You know, that was, right. that's I mean, also that's the difference between yeah. him and, and Peters. Um, and McVay, um, you know, talked about that too, and he, he said um, as far as how Sammy fit, because remember he came from Buffalo to there, you know, the, Chiefs are sort of, right? yeah, mm-hmm. the Chiefs are sort of the, the one stop after that, but that uh, – Los Angeles was the stop in between, and so um, he said he really felt like one. He said was they should have got. He said he blamed himself for not getting Sammy more touches because he felt like they could have done that with that offense. They probably should have gotten more. More, but he said he never had any sort of a problem with the role that he had. He never heard anything from him about it. No complaints that he sort of accepted that. And then also he said he was actually really happy for him because he got the contract that he got here. Like mm-hmm. they, he was sad to see him go, but like. He deserved that. He deserved that contract. Yeah. Here's the funny thing, talking about he wished that he got him more touches. At this point in the season, Sammy has 39 catches with the Chiefs. He had 39 total last year with the Rams, which I thought was really interesting that it's the exact same number. And I think he has more yards, right? I think he has more. Does he have more yards? I think no, he doesn't have close, more. Right? It's close. He had a few more in L.A. But you were starting to ask him, did he play 16 games in L.A. last year? I think he missed, did he miss two? I want to say. But it's, he played most of the season. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. So he's missed like a game and a half. Yeah. And seriously, because I've, I've, I've yeah. thought a lot of this season, maybe the first five, six games anyway, he was, you know, under underproducing or yeah. one way or another wasn't wasn't gelling. This is a weird thing to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, he has been better than his numbers this year and last year. I like, agree with that. Um, you know, there were a lot of times last year, if you look and – you know, when they signed the contract, you go, Ooh, what do you do to, you know, that's a big contract, right? It looked like he was open a lot last year and either didn't get the ball or Jared Goff, who's a good quarterback, happened to underthrow him or, you know, just misfire there. This year, it seems like kind of a similar deal. There's been times where he's had some, some, some nice catches, some nice plays, and they get called back on a penalty. You know, he's had some, some good runs, you know, downfield and it gets called back on, you know, hold or, or, or whatever. Um, so he's been, whatever his numbers are, and last I checked, he was on pace, not anymore after he missed the last game, um, but I checked once, and he was on pace for Career around 1,000 yards. Yeah, he has yeah. 515 yards, 39 catches. Last year he had 593, 39 yeah. catches, and played in 15 games. Uh-huh. Hey, look, he's easily on pace to career-high receptions. His career-high is 65. His career-high yards is 1,047. That's all yeah. entirely attainable. Um, Maybe Which is crazy, and if he wasn't on a team that had so many other weapons, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. The fact that he's could get those career highs being in an offense yeah. where he isn't necessarily the primary target every time, 
It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I do think he matters beyond his numbers, too, in a way of, of you know, you, you can play the Chiefs differently when he's not on the field. Yeah. yeah. You have to account for, for yeah. his skills. I really mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah. And I think we sort of, we touched on it a little bit after the game, right? Because we were talking about how the offense sort of had a eh day, even though they scored 26, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And we were saying maybe we'll look back at it and, say, and realize that this is where totally. the Sammy thing plays out because he didn't have him in that game and it changes you know like people say oh he hasn't put up that great of numbers this year but it's like his presence probably changes the offense and i believe that 100 Mm -hmm. uh andrew ross asks do you think we need some trickery from andy this week since the chiefs need to score so much to beat this team similar to the fake punt atlanta in 16 do we maybe see a fake punt fake field goal flea flicker etc I, I feel like a lot of trickery. It really depends on your definition of trickery, I want trickery. right? Yeah. Fingers crossed for I mean, trickery. You, you can make a case that it's almost redundant with some of the things they actually do. Their entire offense, offense is a trick. Yeah, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, I, I, now, I, I, obviously, it's a different thing to, to fake a field or fake a punt. I think we've seen one of those in six years from Andy. Yeah. Maybe two, right? I mean. And I almost, like, the, the fake punt thing in a game like this and with a team like this, if you're the Rams and the Chiefs bring on the punt team, I'm playing like nickel. You know, like, I'm, I don't believe in you. You know, you're, you're going to have to actually, until the ball kick, you know, touches Dustin Colquitt's left foot, well, you right. know, I'm not going to believe right. that that's actually a punt, especially if it's like a fourth and three yeah. or whatever, you know, midfield. Yeah. Like, I, I just would not believe that. Well, it, this is a related point. I mean, are we going to see them – and? You know, we've seen Andy do this sort of thing. Are we going to see them go for it on fourth and short from their own 30 in, you know, the second quarter? When was that that he did that? It was early this uh, season, wasn't it? Was it Pittsburgh? Remember, it was, yeah, it was a fourth down, like, on been. their own 30 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Was it Pittsburgh? It's either Pittsburgh or L.A., I think. Chargers. I think it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think it was Pittsburgh. It must yeah. have been. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it was one of those things – you're doing it while you still have the lead, uh-huh. right. um, as opposed to desperate, you know, to come back. I would, if I was either one of these teams, I'd go for fourth downs, unless you know, if you're fourth and fifteen. I mean, or whatever, yeah, you know, but mm, but the risk of that too is if you turn it over, the offense you turn it over to is yeah, you know, but, right. I mean, they're probably going to score. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, if you think they're going to score anyway, you know, then it doesn't. Well, yeah. Um, but right. screw it. Like I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd be going Go for, everything, for it. Like pretty much. Well, and here's something interesting: I'm is wrong Brian brings up almost the opposite point. He says this is a game where both teams hold back some of their playbook in anticipation that they may meet again in February. New England and Belichick did that a couple years back when he faced a top-rated NFC team. That was yeah. He might be referring to the Packers game. Um, it was about this time of year. It was like you know late November, early December, or something. And there were a lot of people that that thought that. Uh, Worth noting, they didn't play again, you know, the Patriots and Packers. There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can happen, um, and I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a good question. I get, like, where he's coming from, and the answer might be yes, but I, I, I don't think that that's how this group approaches things. I, I think they're going to try to win the game. And, so and, look, I mean, here's the, the other the side part of that. Two side parts to that, to me, are, yeah, I – Absolutely, the Chargers game is going to be the more meaningful game for the Chiefs, probably. But the Chiefs need to win this game. This is an important game for them. It's not just a, you know, show who's best right now thing. I mean, they win this, they have a better chance to meet them again later or somebody again later. So what is it you're holding something back for? And the other part of that, too, is have we not seen that that it really doesn't matter what they use now? They're still going to create more things. Like, I don't think they've got a... You know, here's the nuclear codes we're keeping over here. We're not going to use them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think Andy is ever inventing, wow. right? I, I, I yeah, think stuff he hasn't thought of that he'll think of in yeah. early January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I'm good with thinking of new things. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like the ROI thing. on that. Just I think the question's good, but I, yeah, you know. Yeah. But the yeah. idea that they're just going to say, well, no, 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 we could really hit them big with this, but yeah. we're not going to because yeah. of you know something down the line. I don't, I'm not buying that at all. I think. If you got something that's going to work, you're going to hit them with it this week. And then you worry about down the line, down the line. I, and, and, and to that point, I think a, a little different but sort of the same point as the question is, you know, obviously everything, every probe you launch in this thing is something you're going to learn from if you have another meeting. Like, how did this play out? That's a good point, yeah. But, you know, I remember what happened when we did this, and we think they'll react this way. So all that's, that's maybe the way it shows up in another game, yeah. mm-hmm. I think. 
Can you imagine holding back a play that you know is going to, like, you're 90% sure is going to get a touchdown I don't because think you want to use it in the Super Bowl and yeah. then you don't get to the Super Bowl? I don't think that's that how Andy Reid works. That would be a bummer. How he rolls. Yeah. How he rolls. Yeah. Now, but I think, I, I understand where the question is coming from. There yeah. might be some, like, it's a smart question. 30,000 foot way that maybe they right. approach it differently. But, like, but in that way, you would approach a Super Bowl differently than you would any regular season game. Right. Right? Like, um, I think that's always going to be. Well, like, and for instance, look what the, the Eagles cranked out in the Super Bowl right. last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. or, or actually, it was the NFC title game that I'm really thinking of. What, what, what? No, it was Super Philly Bowl. Special. Philly, yeah, special. Philly special. Philly special. Yeah. And, you know, I doubt they were just thinking it could have helped them win a game they needed to win earlier and not use yeah. it. Right. Right. But then again, maybe they didn't, didn't want to show it. <laughs> so. Like the one part about that play too, like we're getting off topic, on project. That's kind of what like, we do. It's kind of a gangster way to do it that I, I feel like people overlook is that that was after the Patriots tried a pass back to Brady. Right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't work. no, no. Like, so this good. is how you do it. I really like. Yeah, yeah. That it's funny that we're talking about that this week to even go further off track. Because did you notice that that happened last week with the Patriots oh, and, yeah. and and um, Titans, right? Tennessee? Yeah, um, yeah where they out. threw yeah. the Brady and he like stumbling and bumbling like falls over his own feet, short. and so then. Uh, t- Tennessee does it to Mariota, who gets the first down. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they did it to Mariota. He gets the first down, and they ask Vrabel afterwards, who played for Belichick, yeah. who played, who caught touchdown passes from Brady, um, and he sits there in a press conference and says, "Well, we just wanted to see if it looked any better than theirs." <laughs> and when, and when so asked, beautiful. And when asked about, then so the, of course the follow-up question is, "Well, so did did uh, Marcus catch it better than Brady's?" He sure got up faster than Brady. <laughs> yeah, a, a double shot. So, yes. Glad to see him. That, that is gangster right there. <laughs> yeah. notes, if, we, if the Chiefs run the Philly special, Tyreek and Kelsey are not allowed to throw the ball. You know, That's we have not seen Tyreek throw yet. Have we? Kelsey hasn't yeah. thrown this. In, not this when? season. In camp. <laughs> we saw in camp. Do you want to remember last season? I don't remember. Where it was like, are you left-handed? You remember that? <laughs> yeah, now I remember it. It was right by the goal line. I forgot who they were playing. But someone went wrong with the. the I mean, it wasn't just that. I think he's a really got a bad throw. I think he's got a good arm. I could be wrong. He didn't show it. I need to look at this play he again. I can't believe I can't quite remember. I'm confusing it with Mahomes throwing left-handed. By the way, it's the first time on this entire thing that we've said the word Mahomes. Is that right? No. Yeah. No. Oh well, actually, so I have a Mahomes item written down here. Second. Sure. By the way, that we haven't discussed, and I think it's about time. Um, we need to talk about ketchup for all 41 let's, people who are watching. Let's get, um, let's get I know that you're really interested. Ketchup things solved, and then um, I'm sorry, but I got to get out of here. All right, so we're going to do ketchup score predictions. <laughs> you ate your lunch. Like, what do you have to I, do? I, well, it's not really because of that, but because I see the clock ticking. You have work to do. Stuff has to get written. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> So let's just, you know what, we're going to do a lightning round. And our producer, John Sleezer, has had to go with the handheld. That's also true. Uh, He's killing it. He's the real MVP here. Um, All right, so we're going to do a lightning round. (laughs) Do you put ketchup on your steak, yes or no? No. Oh, no. Of course not. No. Okay, it's a hell no (laughs) for me. (laughs) Um, Somebody asked earlier, and I want to use this. Would it have been better if Mahomes had said he put KC Masterpiece barbecue sauce on his mac and cheese instead of ketchup? Yes or no? I, I think so, right? I mean, I mean, maybe it's just degrees of offensive. Do but... you know how lightning rounds work? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't. I mean, Mr. I don't. I have to hurry up. <laughs> I, I did this for you. <laughs> that was strong. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll go on to the next. Go, Sam. Uh, I think the answer is yes, but it would have felt a little patronizing. And not Casey Masterpiece, by the way, but like Gates or Joe's or something like that. No barbecue sauce on mac and cheese. So, therefore, are you cool with ketchup on mac and cheese, yes or no? No, it makes no sense. I mean, it's not, not offensive so much as just no Ew. good. Yeah. I, right? I mean, eat what you want. Eat what tastes good to you. But it's weird. It's weird. No bueno. Listen, we got we grew up we grew up with ketchup on our bologna sandwiches. 
And I remember like helping out the coaching a football team one summer, making like thirty bologna sandwiches with ketchup on them, and none of the kids ate them. Goodness. I'm like, doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nobody does it. This is not. So, there's just thirty untouched. Just th- left them. Yeah, I think they went for the fluffer nutters instead. <laughs> you know those, right? Marshmallow fluff uh, and peanut butter. That no, seems like oh, that that's a staple for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a fluffer nutter? No. I have. Oh. I haven't. Oh, I can't. You, Mr. Sweet Tooth. Actually, uh, I think you was a Sweet Tooth. Is it kind of like a Nutty Bar? Is that what it's called, a Nutty Bar? Do you remember those? Uh, uh, like wafers and... Nutty Buddy. Um, yeah. Oh, those, those are no, good Fluffer Nutter is different. different. No, it's different. Fluffer Nutter really is the, the, the marshmallow in a, in a jar. Peanut butter. So it's a PB&J without the J. Yeah, add marshmallow. Yeah, no, never. Sounds like you need fluff. to you go home and. You're good. I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to PB and J, though. I'll just get that out there. I like do. I'm, God, I love PB and J. Yeah. Crunchy and strawberry, strawberry bread. Smooth and strawberry, homemade strawberry jam, soft. Oh, homemade. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Well, <laughs> I don't make it. My mom makes it. <laughs> if you think I make anything other than mac and cheese in my kitchen, you're very wrong. Craft. Um, no, the Annie's oh, mac and cheese okay. brand. With no ketchup. Hell no to the ketchup. Um, I do dip my pizza in ranch, though, so. And should we say for some of the 35 people still hanging on that um, the reason we're talking about this is that Patrick Mahomes has, in fact, confessed to or been nabbed going with ketchup on his his steak, right? Yeah, what his mom had to order the ketchup for him when they went to a restaurant, he got steak and he wanted to dip his steak in ketchup, but he was too embarrassed to order it for himself. That was in Seth, Seth Wickersham's okay. story. Okay. Uh, so. And then today, we asked him about it and he copped to putting the ketchup in his mac and cheese, which I have a lot of thought about and they're all gross. Um, but you know what? Let's do one more lightning round thing. Fedora Man notes this is a weird lightning round, and it was lightning with a lot of, like, rolling thunder. Um, how about a score prediction? <laughs> That's well said, Fedora Man. I like it. I like it. Look, I'm, I'm at the point with the Chiefs where I actually, I, I believe they're going to lose, but I'm going to say a score that indicates I think they'll win. I mean, I just feel like, how can I say they're not going to win? I feel like they, they just are going to find a way. Even though I think they're going to lose. So I'm going to say Chiefs 38-34. In other words, folks, he's telling you ahead of time he's lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm, just, I'm going against – here's what I'm doing. I'm going against my better instinct. I think they're going to lose, but I can't I, – I, No, I understand. I, I can't quit them. That's how I feel. <laughs> Sam? 41-38 Rams, does that cover the, uh, the over-under? I believe it does. Okay. I believe it does by a bit. 43-40 Chiefs. <laughs> and I've got, I wrote it down, exactly. <laughs> 42-38 Chiefs. And I kind of feel like Vahe. Like, I I think that they're going to lose, but I, they haven't given me a reason to say that they're going to lose. You What's know? the betting Three and a half? I don't know, but I love really? I think. Didn't they, didn't they take it? Did they, did they change it since the do site I know? Yeah, I was going to say, did they take it off? I thought I heard it, and I'm not sure about this, but I thought I heard that they were maybe taking it off because of the whole site thing. I don't really know how betting lines work, but I saw somebody tweet that. Um, you know what really strikes me funny is, so I'm the low person on this, 72 total points. <laughs> and we're like not even thinking about, like we're all supposing this game's in the, you know, 80s. Yeah. And, and it's going to end like, up being like the Broncos game Monday big, night. You know, that was, 17 yeah, to 10. The number's like 64, isn't it? Yeah. over under number. <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to be That's interesting? Like, 34, 30? Like. Yeah. Take the other. <laughs> but I, I do think that the Rams are going to be juiced up in because it's going to be an emotional thing. Like there hasn't been Monday Night Football in LA since the '80s. They are giving free tickets to first responders who are dealing with the fires. They have um, people who have also been working with the the mass shooting that happened in Thousand Oaks near their practice facility. So I think the emotional factor is yeah, yeah. going to be huge. I think it will. So. That's my last thought from here. Um, we're going to sign off because we've gone on pretty long. John's been over here holding up my phone. That's awesome, ma'am. Thank you guys for, for bearing with us through all of this stuff. You're amazing for watching, and we will be back with you uh, from L.A. on Monday night. Not Sunday night. I'm going to throw my pen at you so you remember that it's Monday night, not Sunday night. 
Uh, so until then, you can follow all of our work on Twitter, online at KansasCity.com, in your podcast feed, uh, and in your newspaper every morning. Until next time, see ya.